Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is, of course, a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Apologies off the top if there's any background noise. My five-year-old son is currently watching Henry Hogelmonster on Disney Plus behind me as my bedroom continues to double as my home office during COVID-19, as school has yet to begin up here in Canada. Before we get into it, let me remind you that the podcast is available wherever you get your other podcasts, whether it be on uh, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Those are the big three, I think, for me anyways. And uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you would smash that subscribe button so that each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be amazing. If you are on Twitter.com, you can find me at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com if you so desire. Today on the show, we are going to take a look back at Bruce Cassidy's media availability from Wednesday, where he addressed a whole variety of issues that are interesting talking points. Uh, As I record here on Thursday, September 3rd, the Bruins players are having their kind of uh, season wrap-up chats via Zoom from home, and uh, we'll cover some of those big discussion points on tomorrow's podcast um so yeah bruce cassidy let's begin with kind of a rundown of the injury list that was disclosed by bruce cassidy we all know that while the players were in the bubble all he could say was that players were unfit to participate but now that they have been eliminated and they're at home resting and uh, just catching up with the family, he's able to talk a bit more about what players were going through in terms of injuries. He said Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand were getting treatments for some wear and tear they have had over the years. Certainly, they were able to play. He wasn't making any excuses there for their lack of scoring, but uh, it explains why they had some maintenance days uh, in instead of practicing with the team on a few occasions in the bubble. Zdeno Chara, he said during Game 5 against the Lightning, he took a block shot, and there was an x-ray on his foot following the game, but he was not sure what the results of that x-ray were. So that, uh, you know, if they had won in double overtime in Game 5, that could have put his availability in question. Sean Corrali had a lower body injury that kept him out of games 3, 4, and 5 against Tampa. Charlie McAvoy is, quote, good after getting hit awkwardly into the boards during overtime of game 5. David Pasternak 
had a lower body injury. He played through the whole playoffs. And Cassidy remarked, you could see that he wasn't at top speed despite scoring a few big goals, particularly on the power play, one of which came in Game 5. Cassidy referenced the fact that both Pasternak and Andre Kasha missed uh, most of training camp and passed this case all in Kasha's case. And he said their conditioning level wasn't where it needed to be to stand the rigors of playoff hockey. That was a bit of circumstance. Typically, you have the whole year to build that up. And if you miss a bit at the start, you know, you, you can catch up by the playoffs. We didn't have the luxury of that, he said, uh, due to the shutdown and then uh, the return to play plan. And these guys in particular missing phase three, which was the training camp portion. I should add that, you know, just in general, these guys, when they were off, they were quarantining at home. Uh, they weren't really allowed to uh, to skate or to go to uh, the gym, per se. So conditioning was an issue all around, I think. With a, an older team like the Bruins, it certainly caught up with them. And then with Pasternak and Kasha, you know, coming back to the States later than other European players, uh, getting caught up in quarantine woes after skating off-site at the beginning of Phase 3. That certainly was a big factor for where, why they were not performing up to par in the playoffs. Although they did play both pretty well. I, I was impressed with Kasha, to be honest. Uh, he didn't score, but I think with a full training camp and a full season with the Bruins, uh, we'll appreciate him a lot more than uh, what he showed so far. Pasternak, the lack of conditioning as well as a lower body injury, he still performed pretty well, uh, but him not being at 100% certainly a factor for the Bruins. Other injury notes, Nick Ritchie had an injury late and did not play in Game 5 against Tampa. That could be due to a fight with uh, Barkley Goodrow, I believe, in Game 4, following his five-minute major for a hit on Yanni Gord. And then Chris Wagner exited Game 4 and did not play Game 5, with an undisclosed injury that Cassidy described as a different animal. And he didn't want to speculate on that. Uh, kind of a weird thing to say. And we'll sure to get the, you know, hockey bros, please like my sport people going on about how hockey players are a different breed. But uh, hopefully Wagner is okay and will be back in time for uh, the beginning of next season. None of this is to be used as an excuse. The Bruins certainly weren't the only team to have to deal with several months off, uh, a shortened training camp, and injury issues in the playoffs. The Lightning were without Steven Stamkos. Nikita Kucherov was absent from uh, a large chunk of Game 5, and the Bruins certainly had every opportunity to win uh, that game and extend the series with those guys out of the lineup especially. So it's just kind of... Uh, yeah, just a typical rundown of injuries that we all hear about after each playoffs. Just seeing now, Patrice Bergeron said he was dealing with a lingering chronic groin issue that he's dealt with the last few years. He says it comes and goes, and he'll have to take a little bit of time off here to get it right, whether that requires surgery or if he'll miss any time heading into next season. 
remains to be seen. We don't even know when next season is going to start anyways. So um, that's kind of a moot point at the moment. Uh, but again, as these players kind of talk today, gather that information and uh, summarize it on tomorrow's podcast. Before we continue with Bruce Cassidy's postseason thoughts, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. They're a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I'm going on there today to order a new tail lamp cover for my 2003 Honda Odyssey, which they have on there. I've already checked. Everything can be obtained in a few easy clicks and delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today being September 3rd, usually the NHL would be kind of ramping up towards training camp, getting ready for a new season. And Bruce Cassidy, with the season having just ended, he's very eager, he said, to get back at it, get back to work. Days are getting shorter, evenings are getting cooler, and that usually signals hockey. It's an odd feeling right now that they're not going back to work, certainly for them, for all of us as well. No one quite knows when the next season will begin. Training camp is set to begin on November 17th with the regular season opening of December 1st, my birthday for the record. Uh, Dates that are not set in stone by any means because of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. For now, he said he's happy to be back with his kids. He would have happily spent another month in the bubble for a chance to win the cup. But now that they're out, it is good to be home, he said. And uh, still, he's thinking about next year. Sad and sucky to lose the way that they did after the President's Trophy regular season. And he's already looking at adjustments that need to be made heading into uh, 2020-2021. And one of those is trying to figure out how to rectify the Bruins' issues scoring at 5-on-5, which was a massive problem for this team in the playoffs, even in the regular season. Their power play uh, was very good, especially when they loaded the top unit with Krejci, Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, and Krug. But their inability to score 5-on-5 really hurt them, and Tampa excelled in that area, capitalizing on many deflections, tips, getting in front of the net, and it's something that Bruce Cassidy will be looking to improve upon and uh, fix for next season, beginning with getting the defense more involved in the offense. He said when he first took over, he felt they were underutilizing the skill of the forward group, and that's something that he worked on. Uh, The Bruins under Bruce Cassidy have certainly adopted a more skill and speed-based attack up front and also dialing in the wingers to help defensively. So it's a whole team 
defense mentality while also trying to take advantage of the skill uh, and scoring off the rush, things like that. Where the team needs to work on is getting shots from the point, working the defense into the offense, getting those deflections, getting people in front of the net to make it more difficult for the goalies, uh, scoring off the rebounds, and things like that. Now, a problem with that is, of course, the fact that Tory Krug is the team's top shot-generating defenseman, and he is an unrestricted free agent. So if he were to leave, uh, they're even further behind than they were in the playoffs against the Lightning, where they were already struggling in this area. One player who he will be counting on to help create more from the blue line is Charlie McAvoy. He took a huge step during the postseason, becoming one of the league's best defensemen. He was arguably one of Boston's best overall players, carrying a huge load. The future of Boston's defense, if not the number one guy already. I mean, he is. He's only 22 years old, played significant minutes in all situations, averaging 25 minutes, 10 seconds of ice time. And that was well over two minutes more than Tori Krug, who, like I said before, gets that prime power play time, which McAvoy could be in line for should Krug leave. Cassidy said he's got more to give. Talking about McAvoy, he said, I don't think anyone hits their ceiling at 22, to be honest with you. There's a lot of growth left in his game. With this, Will his skill set change a ton over the next four or five years? He's an elite skater, so I assume that will probably stay the same, more or less, over the next several years. His puck skills will continue to grow. His confidence at the blue line. If he's thrust into more of a power play role, will it make him a better offensive player because he's getting more touches? Does it bleed into five-on-five play? Those are the questions we have to ask. He's our number one pair shutdown guy. Can he handle all of that? Is he ready for PK, power play, five-on-five? Those are some of the things they have to consider, uh, seeing as he's already doing most of those things. They believe he's capable of it. It's just finding that balance. And Cassidy ultimately says he thinks the world of Charlie. He's an elite defenseman who's only going to get better, and that is good news for us as Bruins fans. Bruce Cassidy did admit that he made not some mistakes, but he could have done better finding Boston's optimal lineup for the playoff series against the Lightning. There were two schools of thought when it came to determining the Bruins' best lineup. Go with more size and strength with guys like Nick Ritchie and Chris Wagner, or go with more speed and skill with Andres Bjork, Carson Kuhlman, Jack Stadnika. The latter three players clearly provided a huge boost for Boston in a Game 5 loss to Tampa. Bjork and Stadnika joined Coyle on the third line. Kuhlman skated with uh, Lindholm and Nordstrom on the fourth line. He said you'd like to have a mix of both. Bigger bodies are more impactful when your D are getting involved and getting shots through from the point. So it's a little more offensive zone play, banging along the boards to create turnovers on the forecheck, and speed is more off the rush. So not only is Don Sweeney going to have to make some decisions in terms of who to resign, who to put on the roster, but Bruce Cassidy will also have to do better in terms of finding that right balance. I think we saw how effective those bottom six forwards were in game five. I would have preferred that lineup all through the series. You know, God bless Nick Ritchie. 
But uh, like I said before, I don't think he should be scapegoated per se, but uh, his physicality kind of worked against the Bruins, especially, of course, when he took that five-minute major in game four and the Lightning scored a third goal on that power play to uh, give them the win in that game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Bruce Cassidy does with the lineup moving forward, especially, you know, it all depends on personnel who's still around. But uh, Jackson Nika, I think, has a place in the lineup. Carson Kuhlman should be in the lineup. Bjork, maybe even uh, Zach Sanishin, Trent Frederick uh, could maybe play that more physical role. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out for sure uh, moving into next season. I talked on the podcast yesterday about whether the Bruins core group still has it in them to keep the cup window open. Cassidy said he believes the core group has plenty left in the tank, but he also said the team must continue to supplement them in order to compete for a Stanley Cup. He said he thinks they've done some good with that over the years to stay very competitive and be one of the elite teams in the league. They need to supplement more. They're going to have to look at if they have the right pieces around Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Krejci for another season at least, Charlie Coyle. He said, are we coaching them the right way? Do we need to change our systems now because of the way we've lost out in the playoffs? Those are realistic questions. Uh, You know, he said Jake DeBrusque had a really good playoff his first year against Toronto. Sean Corralia scored some big goals. Now, McAvoy, you're leaning on these kind of guys to pull harder on the rope. Something that he said directly in the bubble as well, that, that these guys needed to step up. It's as simple as that. They have a lot of trust and faith. And our core guys are still carrying us, but it's a full 20 guys that you need to step up sometimes. Cassidy added, obviously the Lightning have their number. That's a fact. They can't hide it. They've lost to them twice pretty decisively in the past three playoff years. They obviously avoided Tampa in 2019, and that was a big reason why they went to the Cup. He said, do you build your team to beat that team, or do you build your team to beat every team in the league? and try to balance it that way. Those are discussions they'll have. They have to have that in mind that to get where they want to go, they have to go through Tampa. This year's five-game loss were further ahead than they were two years ago, he believes. They were more competitive, except for the 7-1 game in Game 3. They had some personnel that weren't functioning at 100%, as we mentioned. Some personnel out of the lineup that could have helped us, namely Tuka Rask. Would it have been enough to win the series? That's anybody's guess. Right now, he feels they're competitive with Tampa. They've had the better hand, so the facts don't dictate that, but that's how he feels. Let's not forget about the 70 games they played to be arguably the best team in the NHL. You can't just throw that out the window. He did admit as well that it felt like it was two seasons the way this year played out with the... Regular season, they won the President's Trophy and then taking that extended time off. You're off for four months, and it felt like it was uh, like more of a pure restart than just kind of getting back in the groove for the playoffs. A team like the Bruins, they were building towards a playoff run, a couple of trade deadline acquisitions they were trying to work in, uh, just like they did the year before with Coyle and Johansson. We'll never know the answer to how the Bruins would have fared under normal circumstances. 
Missed some players in training camp. Pasternak and Kasha. There's no doubt in hindsight that set those two back for sure. Take a month off when everyone else is skating and then get right into it. Exhibition games, three round robin games. There's definitely some catching up to do. Uh, so all of that together put the Bruins behind and ultimately said there's always going to be an immediate cry at the end when you lose about what happened. And he says the Bruins need to be careful to just sit back for a moment and see what's the reason. Have these guys aged out? Do we need to get younger? Did we put them in the right position to succeed? Is there more to give? And he thinks that personally is the answer, that there's more to get out of this younger group that is supplementing the core. And it's something that they will have to discuss. He did confirm that his coaching staff, Kevin Dean, Bob Essensa, Jay Pandolfo, and Joe Sacco will all remain under contract for next season. Um, he wasn't sure if any of them had ambitions to seek positions elsewhere, you know, head coaching jobs, if that were to come up. But uh, barring that, the coaching staff will be back. Uh, he likes his assistants. He thinks they do a terrific job. Uh, they have to stay fresh and do what's best for the team. If they need to change some rules around, they're amenable to that, but the team itself of coaches uh, will stay intact, barring them getting uh, you know, any uh, opportunities elsewhere. So that pretty much sums up what Bruce Cassidy had to say about the Bruins season. And um, yeah, a lot of, I wouldn't say soul-searching, but uh, also... Some decisions to be made in terms of best lineup to ice and getting the most out of the younger guys to supplement the core for at least one more run at a Stanley Cup. Let's take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL to wrap up today. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Tori Krug is addressing the media as I speak. And yeesh, it's not looking good for... Tory Krug to come back. He said that talks with the Bruins have been few and far between. He's very much against taking a one-year deal and that uh, he doesn't know what the future holds and quote, he's in a position where he needs to make the most of being an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he's at his peak in terms of value, 29-year-old, Offensive driving defenseman, and he needs to make the most of it. Uh, that really, really speaks to me that he's going to be looking for the best possible deal on the open market. If the Bruins were hoping that he would take a team friendly contract, then, you know, it's certainly not sounding that he's amenable to that and that he's going to explore all his options on the open market. And, um, you know, that comment that he wants to make the most of it uh, really doesn't bode well for uh, the Bruins re-signing Tory Krug. But again, we'll have to see see what happens. He did say that fit remains important, so that's one positive for the Bruins. But again, he said talks have been few and far between. He wants to maximize his value. Doesn't want to take a one-year deal. And could very well be on his way out from Boston. 
Elsewhere around the Eastern Conference or the Atlantic Division, uh, a couple developments with teams challenging the Bruins for, you know, top spot in the Atlantic Division, trying to get better, always improving. The Montreal Canadiens traded for Jake Allen yesterday to serve as backup to Carey Price. They will have a very expensive goaltending duo, I think upwards of $14 million, but they also have a very young center core of Nick Suzuki, Sperry Kotkaniemi, Philip Deneau, uh, and they're very cheap, so that balances out as well. Um, the Florida Panthers have also hired a new general manager in Bill Zito, a former player agent, used to be with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and so, you know, some fresh eyes there and a lack of Dale Talon could only help to improve that team to be honest and and they could be a team on the rise as early as next season finally for those who may not be keeping up with what's going on in the bubble the Colorado Avalanche were able to force a game seven against the Dallas Stars the Philadelphia Flyers also stayed alive in their series so still only Tampa Bay has advanced to the next round here on Thursday, Philadelphia and the Islanders will play game six of their series. And Vancouver and Vegas will play game six as well. Uh, meaning we could have as many as three game sevens, which would be pretty cool to see. Although also kind of painful seeing how teams have or are trying to come back from 3-1 where the Bruins couldn't. We do have one game seven for sure. And that would be tomorrow night between Dallas and Colorado. Who are you guys rooting for now? I'm kind of leaning towards the stars. I still have some affection for Tyler Sagan. I'm a big Jason Dickinson fan because he played here in Guelph. Uh, but, you know, if the Islanders beat the Flyers, definitely be rooting for them over the Lightning, especially uh, with our boy Johnny Boychuk there as well. So, I don't know. I haven't really been watching as much hockey. To be honest, I've been watching that HBO doc I'll be gone in the dark, which is very good, but very creepy and uh, some very sensitive content in there. But uh, I am uh, enjoying it. It's very well done. Also watching Cobra Kai. I can't get into right now how much I love Karate Kid. That's uh, a topic for later in the postseason, but uh, I just love that show so much. Uh, and it holds a lot of sentimental value to me. And they pulled it off beautifully. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. A lot to think about from our coach, Bruce Cassidy. Again, I'll, I'll sum up what the players are saying today, but uh, Bergeron disclosing a nagging groin injury that may need some attention, and Tory Krug seemingly hinting that he is going to explore all his options on the open market. Uh, not, not awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll... Uh, address that more fully tomorrow hope you guys all have a great thursday thank you so much for listening thank you so much for subscribing and i will catch you again tomorrow take care of yourselves friends take care of each other peace